Hey, what's up, everyone? This is your host, Kyle Berseth, and welcome to Wiki University, a show that dives down the rabbit hole of Wikipedia in an effort to explore the sum of all human knowledge. I started this podcast because there was a time in my life when I used to sit in an office all day and listen to podcasts while I worked. Inevitably, someone on the podcast I was listening to would bring up a topic that piqued my curiosity and I'd hop on Wikipedia to look it up. That would lead to another article, then another article, then another article, until finally I was nowhere near the place I started. I always thought, God, it'd be so much easier if someone would just read this stuff to me. And that's why this podcast exists. But to make it a little more interactive, I enlisted the help of my friend Jason Nunez. Jason and I started stand-up together in Washington, D.C., and he's a longtime friend as well as a longtime creative collaborator of mine. For each episode of WikiU, Jason and I will be trying to link together two very different topics across Wikipedia. So if you want to have a laugh while learning a little bit about a bunch of different things from two guys who can barely read, then this is the podcast for you. In episode one, we went from Jason's topic of Y2K all the way to the hero of the 1936 Summer Olympics, Jesse Owens. I'll let you drive this train. You let me know where we're going. What's your topic that you decided today? You were bouncing around a couple. I was bouncing around the Matrix or Y2K. Let's let's so I want to go Y2K like I mean it's you want to go Y2K it's the same thing right. I feel like the Matrix propelled Y2K did it did yeah when did the Matrix come out uh now I'm not in the I, Matrix already yeah yeah no 1999 I want to say either January between January and March I believe it was one of those like early like no one expected it to be a hit uh, so it got released yeah, early yeah it released yeah March 31st 1999 see you nailed it. Okay, let's start with the year 2000. It, and the wiki article is not actually Y2K. The wiki article is year 2000 problem. Oh, that's odd. That's a ne- Yeah, I, big I, problem. I, I never refer to it as a uh, year 2000 problem. Like, hey, man, are you guys worried? Is anybody else worried about this year 2000 problem that we're having? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The millennial. Millennium? Millennial. Millennium. Millennium. Millennial? Willennium. Willennium. If anything, it was Willennium. Okay, well, here's where we're we're going to start at the year 2000 problem. And my topic that we're going to try to get to is Jesse Owens, the track Ooh. star. Yeah. He's the first person, I think, first, first person I did a book report on. Oh, oh, that's interesting. I did my book report on uh, Jackie Robinson. My first one. I think I did one on Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Ty Cobb. Malcolm X. Who's Ty Cobb? Is that Corn on the Cobb? Ty Cobb's inventor? a baseball player. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Known for he was a mascot that would bring Corn on the Cobb to the game. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do, let's get started. Y two K, also known as the Year Two Thousand problem. Oh, there's it's had a lot of nicknames: the Millennium Bug, Y two K Bug, the Y two K Glitch, or just Y2K. I'm going to I'm going to go with Y2K. Seems Yeah, let's keep it let's simple. Let's streamline Y2K. everything and just call it Y2K. Yeah. 
refers to events related to the formatting and storage of calendar data for dates beginning in the year 2000. Problems were anticipated and arose because many problems represented four-digit years with only the final two digits, making the year 2000 indistinguishable from 1900. Oh, yeah, back when the computers were really simple. I st- like, I still don't fully understand that <laughs> problem. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> wait, how did how did these nerds not like thought think of this? You know, I don't know, 15 years beforehand. Like, it wasn't even like it was where like, they were like, we're gonna need more than two digits for a date. Yeah, for for the date of a year. You know how years come in four digit formats as of right now. Wait, they had they had problems before this because down in the contents here it says date bugs similar to Y2K and it the first one was January 4th, 1975. Why? Why is that? I don't I don't know, I'll go to it. The 4th of January, 1975. This date overflowed the 12-bit field that had been used in the DEC system, DEC system. Decimal? Yeah, maybe. Used in the desk system, 10 operating systems. That sentence meant nothing to me. There were numerous problems and crashes related to this bug while an alternative format was developed. So I don't know what happened. Leap years, that's another issue. Normally a year is a leap year if it is evenly divisible by four. Okay, no shit. A year divisible by 100, however, is not a leap year in the Gregorian calendar unless it also it is also divisible by 400 Jesus me trying to read and do math at the same time is it's rough for everybody (laughs) for example 1600 was a leap year but 1700 1800 and 1900 were not some programs may have relied on the oversimplification rule that a year divisible by four is a leap year. Oh, okay. If anything, I feel like uh, this just provides further evidence that uh, math doesn't solve everything. Math does not solve everything. Sometimes you just need to pray to God and he will answer your problems. Probably faster than a computer can. Yeah. God, known programmer. Yeah. <laughs> He's the original uh, Geek Squad. It was just him. God was brought to you by Best Buy. <laughs> yeah. Well, should we go to... Wait, what's your topic again? Where are we trying to get to? Jesse Owens. Jesse Owens. Okay, that's cool. It'd be great if you have like a little Jesse Owens background. That'd be cool. Just so that the audience remembers where we're going. Oh, Jesse Owens. I can tell you. I read a book about him in like third grade. Okay, so... Uh, no, I I know, but just explain to... Yeah, yeah, Jesse Owens was a track star in the 1930s. He went to Ohio State University and ran in the 1936 Olympics where Hitler was really uh, putting forth the idea that white people were superior and then Jesse Owens dominated the Olympics and dominated all of the whites. Jesse Owens, huge dom. I know that. He's yeah. a huge dom. He's a huge dom? Dom, yeah, he's a huge dom. He dominates. What's that mean? It means he loves dominating. Dominic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his actual name was actually Dominic. He went he went Jesse Dominic Owens. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't know he was half Italian. <laughs> yeah, he was related to Tom uh Dom Toretto. Toretto. 
<laughs> yeah, Dom Toretto from the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, dude. Full circle, baby. <laughs> All right, so that's Jesse Owens midway through the Y2K. We could go to... I think we should go to the solution, right? The final solution? No, that's that's down by Jesse Owens. Oh, okay. Nah, he killed that solution. He was like, yo, check, he th- did check this solution. out. We could go to government responses and just go to the United States, international cooperation, private sector response. Quick question. Fringe... Quick question. Yeah. Are there any notable people? Notable people. There's no notable people. <laughs> There's no notable people. That's insane. Uh, Y2K, what do you want? Let's go to fringe group responses and, and then get the hell out of here. Okay. A variety of fringe groups and individuals, such as those with some fundamentalist religious organizations, oh, survivalist, survivalist cults, antisocial movements, self-sufficiency enthusiasts, communes, and those attracted to conspiracy theories embraced Y2K as a tool to engender fear and provide a form of evidence for their respective theories. End-of-the-world scenarios and apocalyptic themes were common in their communication. All right, here's your options, Jason. We can go to fundamentalists. We can go to survivalists. We can go to cults. We can go to conspiracy theories or just end of the world is a wiki article. Oh, yeah. Let's oh, if let's do end of the world. OK, so this article is actually called Global Catastrophic Risk. Ooh, yeah, I think we might be in one right now with the old the old cousin cousin covid. Yeah, cousin covid. He's coming to stay with you. Yeah, which sucks. Okay, a global catastrophic risk is a hypothetical future event that could damage human well-being on a global scale, even endangering or destroying modern civilization. So there's classifications, likelihood. Uh, let's go to likelihood, huh? Let's do it. Okay, some risks risks are due to the phenomenon that have occurred in Earth's past and left a geological record. Together with contemporary observations, it is possible to make informed estimates of the likelihood such events will occur in the future. For example, an extinction-level comet or asteroid impact event before the year 2100 has been estimated at one in a million. Is that good odds or bad odds? Like, I think those are good odds for... for to like, get hit by a comet. Yeah, for outer space-wise, I think those are yeah. like very good odds. I think so, too. Yeah, one out of a million, that's like, that's basically, it's going to happen in terms of like, in terms of like galaxy odds and beyond. Yeah, one in a million is really good that we're going to get. All right, let's go to the article. Because isn't isn't like winning the like, like double lottery, lottery, like one in eight, like crazy amounts of, yeah. Like in a hundred million, probably. Let's go to comet or asteroid impact event. An impact event is a collision between astronomical objects causing measurable effects. Impact events have physical consequences and have been found to regularly occur in planetary systems, though the most frequent involve asteroids, comets, or meteoroids and have minimal effect. When large objects impact terrestrial planets such as Earth, Welcome to Earth. There's a Will Smith quote. <laughs> yeah. Nice, Kyle. Thank be, you. <laughs> there yeah. can be significant physical and biospheric consequences. 
though atmospheres mitigate many surface impacts through atmospheric entry. All right. We could go to sociological and cultural effects. Earth's impacts, the Pleistocene. I guess something happened in the Pleistocene. 20th century impacts. Jesse Owens was in the 20th century. I can go for either 20th century or what, what was the one of the very few things you said, like um, effects on... Pleistocene? Oh, sociological. Sociological, I think, would also be good, I feel like. Let's that's short. So yeah. let's go there first. When people when people have like when they think they're gonna die, they kind of like just they just buy toilet go paper. full throttle and buy toilet paper. They run. They run as fast as Jesse Owens to go buy some toilet paper. Dude, I have said this so long now, and I've never been able to make it work on stage. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's true. Give it to me. I'll make it work. I I stay in shape in case some shit goes down. Okay. Like I, I'm not good. I'm not strong, but I can run. You can run, yeah. You can outrun. I mean, yeah. You probably. I would win a tsunami. That's the thing about running. Uh, it's like you're gonna get caught. I usually do not get caught by most people. That's because you're fast. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But there's gonna be. But like when it, the end of the world type shit is gonna be coming, you're not gonna be able to outrun that. Well, it depends what it is. If it's a tsunami, maybe. If it's a big explosion. Okay, like, first off, there's no way you're outrunning a tsunami. Let's get that out of your head right now. Well, it depends how big of a head start I get. Like, if I can run up a hill to higher ground. <laughs> dude, and I'm great at hills, man. I'm great at hills. Tall people are bad at running up hills. Yeah. I'm short. That's that's my wheelhouse. What's um what's your track what's your track record uh, senior or what was what was the highlight of your track career? Was it in college or was it in high school? In high school I was more decorated. Okay. I won more stuff. Nice. But in college I ran faster, of course. Did you did you go like all state or all Oh, of course. Yeah. Delaware? Yeah, I was like between track and cross country, maybe like five Six, seven time Allstate. Okay. Okay, Kai. Now, did you... I was I was the cross-country co-runner of the year. Did you... Uh, do you have any records at your high school? Nah. No records? I don't think so. No? Nah. Damn. I wasn't... I wasn't... I mean, kids now are so fast. Did you... Uh, they would crush true. me in a tsunami, man. Now, that's cool, man. Did you... Uh, did they have... At, at least at one point, did they have any of your, like, awards or medals, like, that you got? Um, during your run, did they ever have it like at school displayed? Oh, I'm sure they're still just still displayed. Nice. Well, I know they, they we won the uh, state championship. This is real like glory days here. Good, man. yeah, that's <laughs> what I want. Like, yeah. So we won the state championship, and that's great. The, you know, there's a banner hanging in the gym. Nice, you probably. Were, I don't know. I haven't been back. You were a part of that winning team. How many people were in that team? Like, I, I know track can be like a lot of people, right? But like, who There's were seven people on a cross country team? Five okay. of them count. Okay, so and you were one of the five that got the as number one. The win. The win. What does that mean? That means yeah. you finished it, or you went first. I was the fastest person on the team. You're the fastest person. Nice. And so second, if, second in the state. I was second in the state. And if you're the fastest person, would it be? wise to put you at the end or in the beginning no everyone runs the same race it's not a relay oh okay okay i don't because you mentioned yeah, seven yeah. people i'm like okay 
Gotcha. So no, I everyone everyone starts at the same time. Yeah, it's just a big distance race. I didn't know you didn't you didn't. We got to do an article on cross country. I didn't know you'd never. I I uh, joined my track team, uh, w- winter track. I think after yeah, indoor track. Yeah, because that was I. I just got bored because and I really liked sports. Like I, I played football, and so that season was over, and I like to just keep stay occupied. So I started doing uh, well not track but field, and but you know you're you ha- a thrower. Oh yeah, yeah, shot put, baby. Oh, see, I could see you being a good discus thrower. I know, oh, I but don't that's think not we... indoors. They don't do discus indoors, right? But I did do outdoors too. But I didn't do the dis the discus or whatever. I did the shot put. Um, but you know how the even tr- even the field people have to like run. Yeah, yeah, that was the worst. I hated that. But I remember going to the track meets. The meets, right? The meets is that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, we're trying to get to track at the end. You should have saved this story for oh, yeah. Jesse Owens' time. <laughs> Anyways, look, I was like the Jesse Owens of my high school. Is what I'm trying to get at. Okay, but instead of like <laughs> running the fastest, it's kind of like I just refused to run at the end. I was just like, all right, no more. I gotta stop embarrassing myself. I think yeah. I think Jesse Owens was known for showing up at the Olympics and saying, "What? This is called a meet. This is a meet." Is that what we're participating in? A, a track meet? Okay, yeah, all right, I'll run. All right, yeah, I'll give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. All this meat talk is making me hungry. <laughs> okay, let's let's get back to the sociological and cultural effects. I'll go back. Of, yeah, yeah. I'll, when we're done, we'll talk about my track golden uh, days. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll compare. <laughs> we'll compare them to yours and to Jesse Owens. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> sociological and cultural effects of an asteroid hitting the Earth. An impact event is commonly seen as a scenario that would bring about the end of civilization. In 2000, Y2K, Discover Magazine published a list of 20 possible sudden doomsday scenarios with an impact event listed as the most likely to occur. A joint Pew Research Center Smithsonian survey from April 21st to the 26th, 2010, found that 31% of Americans believe that an asteroid will collide with Earth by 2050. Yeah, like one in a half million. A majority, 61%, disagreed. They got to read this Wikipedia article. (laughs) Let's scroll down to, I'm going to go to, oh my God. I'm going to go to, Jesus. I'm going somewhere. Go to Jesus, my son. Go to Jesus. Jesus, when he rode here on a comet. That's how he's coming back. I know that much. (laughs) Yeah. He flies over on a comet. You drink the Kool-Aid, and then he takes you. Yeah, he picks you up. Yeah. I like the image of Jesus. Like He's got like a harness and a saddle on the comet. (laughs) It's like like Dr. Strangelove. You know, but instead of the bomb, he's just like on a comet, like hiya, <laughs> with a crown of thorns. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's smacking his crown of thorns on the comet. <laughs> someone draw that. <laughs> All right. Tw- <laughs> Wait, who's someone? Are you talking to me? <laughs> someone, whoever's listening, someone, please draw that. You know the fan art. Oh yeah, fan art. Jesus comet fan art. Let's go to, uh, I'm going to go to 20th century impacts. One of the best known recorded impacts in modern times was the Tungusta event, 
which occurred in Serbia, Russia in 1908. What is it called? All I heard this, was tongue. The tongue event? Tunguska. Here, I'm going to spell it for you. This is a tough one. T-U-N-G-U-S-K-A. Tunguska event, which occurred in Siberia, Russia in 1908. This incident involved an explosion that was probably caused by the airburst of an asteroid or comet five to ten kilometers above the earth's surface wow it didn't even make it felling an estimated 80 million trees over 830 square miles okay and then in 1947 another large bolide impacted the earth in sakote allen mountains Another Soviet Union one. These are unpronounceable words. I feel like the Lord is trying to say something when he just keeps throwing asteroids at... Uh, at these communist At these countries. commies, yeah. Oh, should we go to Siberia and then we could try to get to communism and then Nazism and then Jesse Owens? Real quick, though, with um, the whole... So that first part that you read, it was like... It said something about what... So it came into the atmosphere and then it was just kind of like... It exploded six point two miles above the Earth. I think The Simpsons made an episode about that. Like everyone thought, like um, the meteor was coming, and then like it did. But like as it reached like the atmosphere, it kept on getting oh, smaller it as, like, and a smaller. Or and it, yeah, I think so. I think that was Simpsons. It landed by Homer's shoes or something, something like just that. Like rolled up. Yeah, yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. There was also right, an- there was to- also another one that had to do about like the end of the world, and maybe it's the same ep. But it turned out to be like just a big marketing scheme for a new mall, and it was like because <laughs> right. it was like prepare Dude, for the, the end. Simpsons are the best. The man. end of high prices. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Like it, it, it felt like such a serious episode for most of it, or like as serious yeah. as the Simpsons can get. And then like they just they yeah that was great. Man, I stopped watching South Park like ten years ago, and then I tuned back in last year or yeah. something yeah it's still great it's still good it's still, still very good yeah it's yeah, yeah. Just a great show yeah Have, okay so did you take a look at their older episodes i feel like it's still like they don't they're not really dated no they they stand up even though it has to do with like whatever currently is happening in that moment like right. the the overall like theme of the show is like bigger than that and then the details are like with what's going on in the moment but again, you know, those themes are just repetitive in, in, in life and stuff. So it just it still holds up. History it's, repeats itself. Exactly. So I was just like, yeah. All right. I went to Siberia. Ooh. Have you heard of Siberia? I've heard of the tigers. They got some pretty cool tigers over there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Siberian not tigers, Siberia. Yeah. Is that it feels like that's the coldest place in Russia. Exactly. Right? I feel like they always say to like spies that screw up in Russia I'm you're getting sent to a post on in Siberia but I I don't know Oh it's either like yeah it's like you're going to Siberia or Australia <laughs> <laughs> Okay Siberia is an extensive geographical region spanning much of Eurasia and northern Asia Oh Siberia has been part of modern Russia since the 17th century The territory of Siberia extends eastwards from the Earl Mountains to the watershed between the Pacific and Arctic drainage basins. You know those drainage basins. Eastward and onward. Have you seen Onward? Onward? Yeah. 
What's that? A show? That's a new movie on Disney Plus. It came out in theaters right when COVID hit. I don't have Disney Plus. Sorry, I'm not rich. Hey, you know it's fine. I didn't get it. It's it was a gift. G- give me your password. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. All right, l- I, I, let's go to. I'm gonna go to climate. This is the climate of Siberia. Okay. Ooh, that, I want to know more about that. Vegetation in Siberia is mostly taiga. Wait, what is taiga? Now I gotta go to taiga real quick. I'm sorry. I don't mean to get it's taiga. It's a type of corn. It's like it's like maize. It's like maize. It's... No, I think you're wrong. Maize on the cob. <laughs> maize on the cob. Yeah. A summer treat. Uh, taiga relates <laughs> to I, long... I, on a hot summer day. Nothing tastes better than a hot corn on the maize on the cob. <laughs> Ma- maize. <laughs> Isn't it maize? Is it maize? I mean, yeah, if you want to pronounce it incorrectly, it's maize. It's maize. Okay. I do. Okay. I do. My white tongue can't help it. Your white tongue. Taija relates to Mongolic or Turkic, generally referred to referred. I had a friend named Taija. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Generally referred to in North America as boreal forest and snow forest oh it's a snow forest it's those big tall corn snow forests (laughs) all right i'm back on siberia almost all of the population lives in the south along the trans-siberian railway uh by far the most commonly occurring climate in siberia is continental subarctic with an annual average temperature guess the annual average temperature the entire year summer included winter included by negative eight Fahrenheit or Celsius? Ooh. Okay, now now I'm, I'm thinking in Fahrenheit, but now yeah. you got me thinking in Celsius. So, okay, how about... Five, n- four, Negative three, two Celsius. Two. Oh, very close. Negative five Celsius. Oh, damn. Tell okay. him what he wins, Bob. A nothing. trip to Siberia. <laughs> Where you get to freeze your nuts off. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. So negative five is... So that's 23 degrees. Is the average. Which actually isn't as cold as I expected, but it does dip... Siberia dips down pretty far. Right, that's what I mean. If the average is 23, that means in winter they're getting in the heavy negatives. Oh, they're getting like Double digit negatives. Yeah. It's pretty wild how many different climates there are just in Siberia because they have a polar desert there. Tundra, alpine tundra, Taisha, which we talked about. Yep. Montane forest. We all corns. know a good montane forest. Yep. John Montania Forest. He played for. He, <laughs> he played for the 49ers. San Francisco right? 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go to Russia, dude. Let's do it. Oh, wait. Oh, I clicked on something, but we're just going to go with this. It's uh, the Russian conquest of Siberia. God, we're in Russia, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce any of these words. I think the Russians, we're in, we're in good track. If we can find our way to Germany or, or, or Nazis from Russia, we're on yeah. a great track. Okay. We're in order there. to subjugate the native and collect uh, fur tribute, a series of winter outposts and forts were built at the confluence of major rivers and streams and important portages. Portages. 
protege. Protege, yeah. They were building <laughs> they were building forts at protégés. The first among these were Tyumen and Tobolsk. The former built in 1586 by some Russian dude and another Russian dude, <laughs> and the latter the following year by another Russian dude. Tobolsk would become the nerve center of the conquest. Okay, let's start. Let's find some like battles here. How many Russian dudes does it take to conquest something? I think we might find out. Okay, the conquest of Siberia also resulted in the spread of diseases. Classic. That is always what happens when white people show up. I know. Even when white people show up to a whiter place, it still happens. I know. Well, I didn't. I didn't realize this, but Russia has indigenous people. In, or Siberia has indigenous people. I guess that makes sense. I mean, there were people everywhere. everywhere. But who did they gentrify? Right. Who did those people gentrify, you know? That's true. That's We never look at that. We never like really look into like who like did the Native Americans gentrify. Exactly. Like there was the somebody deer. before them and there was somebody before them. The and, buffalo. And now and now they're playing victim, you know? Oh, boy. You said it. Your words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a quote from, uh, I'll say, some nerd historian. It is doubtful that the total early modern Siberian population exceeds 300,000 people. New diseases weakened and demor- demoralized the indigenous peoples of Siberia. The worst classic the worst of these was smallpox because of its swift spread the high death rates and the permanent disfigurement of survivors oh boy i didn't know smallpox makes you permanently disfigured but smallpox first reached siberia in 1630 in the 1650s it moved east of the yenisei where it carried up jesus carried away up to 80 percent of the tungus and yakut populations boy I, there's no way i got those names right in the 1690s smallpox epidemics reduced yuka gear numbers by an estimated 44 percent. this is like wiping out half of the populations there's only how many three thousand how many what like people three hundred thousand initially right. yeah yeah three hundred thousand but in a huge landmass i mean that's an enormous landmass we should get to a more light-hearted topic maybe sure like hitler yeah, <laughs> I'm going to Russian. Okay. Okay, Russia. That's lighter. We're in Russia now. The light-hearted topic of an oppressive state. Okay, Russia is a transcontinental country located in Eastern Europe and Northern Asia, covering an area of seventeen million one hundred twenty-five thousand two hundred square kilometers. It is the largest country in the world by area, spanning more than one-eighth of the Earth's inhabited land area, stretching 11 time zones and bordering 16 sovereign nations. How many time zones do we have? Four. Three or four? Four or five. four, right? Four or five. No, uh, not including Hawaii and Alaska. Okay, so four, yeah. Eleven? They have 11? Eleven time zones. Uh, Get out of here. Get out of here, Russia. Hey, Soviet Union, uh, should we go to World War II? Yeah, those are a very, a very important war, a V-important war. The Probably the most important war, but the sequel. This, yeah, 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 definitely. Which, the sequel is one of those few times where the sequel was better than the first. 
Exactly. Yeah. We, we talked, talked about, about this that. already. Yeah, Terminator 2. World war- the World Wars have Terminator 2 syndrome. Well, the graphics got better by the second war. Right. But what it- by that, I also mean that the next few wars are going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, and I mean bad. terrible. <laughs> Vietnam, little long, you know? A little long. Got sleepy. All right. World War II. Here we go. Yeah. The appeasement policy of Great Britain and France toward Adolf Hitler's annexation of Austria and Czechoslovakia did not... Can't get away from this guy. This Hitler guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he kind of ruined the world yeah. for a bit. Let's see. The appeasement policy of Great Britain and France towards Adolf Hitler's annexation of Austria and Czechoslovakia did not stem an increase in the power of Nazi Germany. Around the same time, the Third Reich allied with the Empire of Japan, arrival of the USSR. Oh, that's right. Uh, Russia used to be in wars with Japan, oddly enough, back in the day. Arrival of the USSR in the Far East and an open enemy of the USSR in the Soviet-Japanese border wars in 1938 and 39. We could go straight to Hitler and get to Jesse Owens, but I feel like we should cover a little bit more of World War II in Russia. I mean, we're already in World War Wait, Are you in World War II in Russia specific or just World War yeah, II? Yeah, Russia, Russia's point of view of World War II, according to Wikipedia. Was that the year? Were they not in the Olympics? We'll, we'll backtrack to Hitler. And I mean, we, we, can, we don't need to cover Hitler. That's what I mean. We don't even Everyone need to. We don't even. Hitler. Yeah, we don't need to hit him. We just go straight from World War II to the Olympics during that time. Oh, to the Olympics. Right. Well, we could fast forward. Okay. All right. Mm hmm. Mm. I don't even know what the article I'm in on now. Is it just Russia? Yeah, it's just it's just Russia. Yeah, okay. We could go to like 1980 when they boycotted the Olympics too. We can get there so easily from Russia. Yeah, go for it. I mean, I, th- I think from World War II, we can find the Olympics that took place during World War II. So. Well, I think they got canceled. Oh, they got... I th- Oh, so it was right. Okay, so they it right before World War II started. 1936 was before Poland was invaded by right. Hitler, but he was like gearing up, gearing up. Yeah, he was doing his screaming speeches and stuff. It was all about it's it's all about preparation. Preparation, they say. Preparation killed the cat. I mean, yeah. Let's just briefly talk about Russia in World War Two. The 1941 to 1945 period of the of World War II is known in Russia as the Great Patriotic War. The Soviet Union, together with the United States, the United Kingdom, and China, were considered as the big four of Allied powers in World War II, and later became the Four Policemen, which was the foundation for the United Nations Security Council. Wow. During this war, which included many of the most lethal battle operations in human history, Soviet civilian and military death were about... Guess how many Soviets died during World War II? 150,000. 150,000? Whoa. Way off. Way off? Too low? Way off. Way too low. Way too low. Okay. Like, astronomically low. Like... Impact, really? Meteor impacting during, the Earth during World low. War Two. Yeah, okay. basically from 1941 to 1945. Jeez, uh, two and a half million. Twenty-seven million people that died. Dude, during this war, which included many of the most lethal battle operations in human history, 
Soviet civilian and military deaths were about 27 million, accounting for about oh, a third civilian of all civilian and War- military. Okay. I said Soviets. All Soviets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was way off. Yeah. You were only counting military when you said 150,000. Yeah, easily. Uh, death is funny. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even picture like 27 million of a thing. You're right. Let alone dead people. <laughs> Let alone dead people. Jeez. The full demographic loss to the Soviet peoples was even greater. The Soviet economy and infrastructure suffered massive devastation, which caused the Soviet famine of 1946 to 1947, but the Soviet Union emerged as an acknowledged military superpower on the continent. The Soviet rear was also badly damaged by the German invasion. What is the Soviet rear? Their ass got knocked the fuck out. That's what happened. It sounds like it. Yeah, they got it got it up the rear. Wikipedia is going real real loose with this terminology if that's the case. Loose like their rear. Exactly. Luftwaffe bombed the cities of the Soviet Union from the air. Gorky suffered the... I mean, this means nothing to me. Gorky suffered the most from the bombing, Jason. You know Gorky. Gorky, is that next to the Waffle House over there? Gorky sounds like a character from an 80s teen movie. Like the nerdy, kind of awkward kid. Yeah, yeah. Who gets Who, at the end of the movie, totally gets laid. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. the rear. In the rear. In the rear. This city was the main industrial center for the USSR and was located near the Moscow Defense Zone. All right, let's go to the Cold War or skip ahead. Ooh, I was really hoping we could get to the Olympics from the Cold War. Why would you think that? Well, because they boycotted the Olympics in 1980. Right, but that's not the Olympics that we're trying to look for, though, right? No, but you could get to the topic of the Olympics, and I'm sure they have them by year. Yeah, you can get it. I believe in you, Kyra. You believe in me? All right, I'm going back. Okay, here back, we go. I'm back. going to. Cl- I'm going to sports. Okay. What do you think? Let's do it. Nothing like Russian sport. Uh, sports. What is that like? Uh, throwing cabbage at each other. That's like their dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, they throw cabbage at each other. <laughs> then they they sweep it up and make a bunch of. They make Bor- a really flavorful stew. Bor- yeah, borscht. Yeah, I think it, is that what it's called. It's yeah, it's called borscht. But I think that might be Ukrainian. See, that wasn't. That's uh, actually why they boycotted the uh, Olympics because they wanted cabbage dodgeball to be a sport. They're still fighting for it, and they and they probably never will stop. I think on Russia's to do list, it goes oil rights, then cabbage dodgeball <laughs> in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. And number three is oppression. Yeah. It's a short list. Everything else is good over there. Yeah, everything else is solid. Soviet and later Russian athletes have always been in the top four for the number of gold medals collected at the Summer Olympics. Soviet gymnasts, track and field athletes, weightlifters, wrestlers, boxers, fencers, shooters, cross-country skiers, biathletes, Speed skaters and figure skaters were consistently among the best in the world, along with Soviet basketball, handball, volleyball. They're just naming every sport. Yeah. And ice hockey players. We are good at everything. Oh, here we go. The 1980 Summer Olympics were there held in Moscow. Oh, we boycotted 1980. They boycotted 84. Okay. We boycotted it My because bad. it was over there. 
Right, and then and the '84 was in L.A. Mm. Okay, the 1980 summer Summer Olympics were held in Moscow, while the 2014 Winter Olympics were held in Sochi. Although ice hockey was only introduced during the Soviet era, the Soviet Union national team managed to win gold at almost all of the Olympics and World Championships they contested. Russian players. Uh, Russian name, Russian name, Russian name, Russian name. Hold four of six positions in the IHF team of the century. It's a bunch of Sergeys and Festovs and Vladislavs. So, I mean, these are hot names coming at you. Ovi, 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 Ovi. When did we get? Uh, when did we get Ovi Ovechkin? When? What do you mean? When did we get him? Well, he's a uh, he's in. Uh He's an import. He's an import. I think we got him around 2004. Nice. We could go to Russian hockey. I think we should go to the Olympics, right? Yeah, for sure Olympics, yeah. I'm going to the 1980 Olympics uh, and hoping that we can get to just the Olympic Games. Here's to hoping. The 1980 Games were the first Olympic Games to be staged in Eastern Europe and remain the only Summer Olympics held there, as well as the first Olympic Games to be held in a Slavic-language-speaking country. They were also the only Olympic Games to be held in a communist country until 2008 in China. Do you remember the bird's nest? God, that was quite the stadium. I remember the. Ch- I remember they did like a crazy opener, right? Their their opener was like lighting spectacular. Not surprising. Everybody got in line for that one yeah <laughs> everyone was in tip-top shape exactly for that presentation like or else not saying people were threatened but boy they built that stadium quickly when you have to you have to okay 80 nations were represented at the moscow games the smallest number since 1956 led by the united states 66 countries boycotted the games wow, wow. entirely because of the soviet afghan war Ah, I th- I thought it would have been the Cold War, but because uh, right, same. That's what history teachers want you to believe. They is don't that want right? You to know the truth. Yeah, I'm gonna go to ah Jesus. I feel like I, we're s- circling the wagons here. Yeah, we're edging it. We're edging ourselves. I'm going to go. Oh my God, I don't know, Jason. I don't know. We're so close, bro. Okay, here we go. I went to the I list of IOC meetings. Oh. Man, if you want to entertain people, read a list of meetings. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but, okay, scrolling down, IOC sessions. Sessions colored in light blue were held during an Olympic Congress. So then we're going to host city. Here we go. The 10th host city of the modern Olympics, Berlin. Please don't. Oh, my God. It took me just to the city of Berlin. Berlin. Yeah. Build that wall. Build, Build that, that wall. wall. Or I should say rebuild. Rebuild that wall, baby. Is that is that a good chant? Good chant or no? I mean, it's catchy, if that's what you mean. <laughs> okay, Berlin is the capital <laughs> and largest city of Germany by both area and population. What do you think? The, quick, just snap snap guess. What do you think the population of Berlin is? Of Berlin? Uh, let's see. I was uh, way off last time. So of just Berlin, the city of yeah, Berlin, Yeah, not right? people that died, just the city of Berlin. <laughs> Okay, just the city of Berlin. Uh, I'm going to say my original guess of 250,000. Dude, you're always so low. Nah, it's almost, yeah? it's almost 4 million. I thought it was a city. Million. I don't know how big that city is. 
I mean, you know, really? New, New York is like close to, I want to say like 12 million. Well, first off, New York is a different beast. Oh, it's okay? huge. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it's not huge. That's the thing. New York it's, is huge. Oh, New York, the state, not New York, the state of mind. What or, are I mean, you the even city. saying? No, New York City. city. I New was York thinking. New York City is huge. Popula- I don't think New York City is huge. Population wise. Population. That's right. That's what I mean, but in in physical, it's not huge. Yes, and that's but we're talking it's... population. <laughs> oh, we're talking pop. I didn't know we're talking. Yes, pop. Yes, you did. <laughs> I guess so a little bit. <laughs> I made you guess it. <laughs> okay, so four million in Berlin. Almost four million. It's three point seven million. million. Yeah. Okay, first documented in the 13th century and situated at the crossing of two important historic trade routes. Berlin became the capital of the words I can't pronounce and uh, the kingdom of Prussia. The German Empire, which was established 1871 to 1918. And then the, I mean, my God. And then the Third Reich. After World War II and its subsequent occupation by the victorious countries, the city was divided. West Berlin became a de facto West German enclave surrounded by the berlin wall oh i didn't know it was so west germany was surrounded by the berlin wall like totally surrounded i didn't know that i thought it was just a wall uh, not, like a, i assumed I it, thought divided. it was just a divider right. yeah not not like completely isolated i'm gonna take a quick tangent to the berlin wall tangent up be my tangerine dream okay <laughs> okay the Berlin Wall was a guarded concrete barrier that physically and ideologically divided Berlin from 1961 to 1989. I mean, if you can divide ide- ideologically, that's phew, huge. Yeah, with a physical wall? Yeah, that's, that's phew, yeah. dominating. Construction of yeah. the wall was commenced by the German Democratic Republic of East Germany, in 1969, the wall cut off West Berlin from surrounding East Germany, including East Berlin. Yeah, so West Berlin was totally just surrounded by the wall. That's wild. I had That no wall idea. went all the way around? All the way around, West Berlin. And then East Berlin was on the other side. But I guess East Germany, sur- oh my goodness. I guess that makes sense because then like, wouldn't you just be able to like, go around the wall very easily, like just go to the very south or go to the very north. I guess I as- always assumed East and West Germany kind of split through Berlin. And that, and that's, yeah. but yeah, I guess. And that's it. That's that's what I have like in my head. I like, guess Berlin I was, or West, West Berlin, I have now I'm lost, but West Berlin was within East Germany. It was an island. An island? Not an island, but like an an island. Gotcha. But don't say island. That <laughs> it's it's a phrase. I know. Yeah, terrible phrase for this. When we're talking geography, how about you don't call uh, something a landmass an island? I didn't. When it clearly I isn't. didn't know West Berlin was an island in the Pacific Ocean until 1989 <laughs> when they inserted it back into. Yeah, Berlin. they moved it. They like they helicoptered it in. <laughs> Wild. Like jump like Dumbo Drop. That is wild. Weird, wild stuff. So we should get to geez, we should probably get to the Olympics when they were held in Berlin. Sport? Let's go to sport. Let's do oh, it. Oh gosh. If it's not in here, I'm just I'm I'm out of here. Nope, it's not in I here. I mean it's got Hitler can come up again though and we can get there. All right, real let's fast. go back to Hitler. 
Let, uh, let's go. We'll go to the Third Reich. I believe that was Hitler. Third time's a charm. Third Reich's a charm. No one has ever said that. All right, Nazi Germany. <laughs> Nazi Germany is the common English name for the German state between 1933 and 1945 when Adolf Hitler and his Nazi party controlled the country, which they transformed into a dictatorship. Under Hitler's rule, Germany became a totalitarian state where nearly all aspects of life were controlled by the government. Mm. Racism, especially anti-Semitism, was a central ideological feature of the regime. The Germanic peoples were considered by the Nazis to be the master race, the purest branch of the Aryan race. I didn't know there were branches of the Aryan race. Oh, of course. There's always there's always some sort of like you can classify whites. That's that's a real thing. Yeah, as you should, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you know, actually I only classify whites <laughs> nowadays. You're a you're a good white, by the way, Kyle. You're like I'm one of the good whites. Yeah, you're like a little bit off white. Oh, you know? thanks, man. Yeah. What's that mean? Like, you're just not completely white? I'm pretty white, dude. I see a little bit of um, off-white in your soul, which is good. Okay. So All right, just, little yeah. off-white. Yeah. I'll take it. Okay, here's the here's the uh, seizure, the Nazi seizure of power. Although the Nazis won the greatest share of the popular vote in the two Reichstag general elections of 1932, they did not have a majority. Oh, this sounds like some recent elections that we had. Hitler therefore led a short-lived coalition government formed with the German National People's Party. Under pressure from politicians, industrialists, and the business community, President Paul von Hindenburg appointed Hitler as Chancellor of Germany in 1933. This event is known as some big, long German word, which translates to seizure of power. Oh, boy. Nazification of Germany? <laughs> the Nazification of Puerto Rico. Nazi- not what? What? <laughs> That's a football play. Your words, not mine. <laughs> but I did hear Tom Brady yell that once. Uh, yeah, that's huddle. a football play. They said, yeah. We're doing the Nazification of Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. And then they turn and it, and Aaron the Hernandez center turned around. He's like, like yeah. I'm on. I'm on board. Love it. Love it, Tommy. Tom, yeah, Tommy, come on, Tommy, throw me the ball, <laughs> throw me the old pigskin. That was uh, Aaron Hernandez's last words. <laughs> throw me the old pigskin or the Nazification uh, of Puerto Rico. Yeah, both. <laughs> that was a long sentence. Yeah. Okay, here's here's 1936. I cannot get to All the right. Olympics. From, oh my gosh, dude. You would think it'd be so easy to get from Nazis to the Olympics. Oh wait, we you were gonna th- go to think. we were gonna go to Adolf. I forgot about that. I think it would be a little faster. Do you think? Um, do you think Hitler had like people to like keep him grounded, like high school friends to keep him grounded? Like since he was all around like yes men, you know, like he had to have somebody to like just you know ju- like just roast him. I think he. I think he might have, but I think it was easier back then because it was pre-social media. And so, Mm -hmm. like, people couldn't check up on him. And you always want to keep Hitler checked on. You want to keep tabs on that fool, for sure. I'm going to say there there was no one from from Hitler's background checking in on him. 
It's kind of like a shame, though, you know? I feel like he could have really turned things around if he had, like, a good high school friend to keep him, like, you know, level-headed. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I think I found it. This is under Nazi Germany economy and culture. In August 1934, Hitler appointed Reichsbank president. Oh my God! This is this can't be Reichsbank. Oh, I have money in Reichsbank. Oh no! Get it out! Get it out, dude! <laughs> Bad investment. Bad investment, man. Get it. It's out crypto. Of that it's, bank. Ju- it's just cryptocurrency. I have oh, all okay. my cryptocurrency oh, in case, inside it. of Reichsbank. Reich's first bank. The Reichsbank president. How is this even a name? All right, here's the name I want you to try to pronounce. I'm going to spell it for you. H-J-A-L-M-A-R. Hlammer? Hlammerstadt? I'm saying Hlammerstadt. (laughs) Jalmar. (laughs) Jalmar. Jalmar. Jalmar? You think it's Jalmar? Jalmar. Shat, shat, shat. Right? Is that him? <laughs> Jamar Shat. He got picked on yeah. real bad in high school. My name's Jamar, but just call me Jamal for short. <laughs> I love the idea of Jamal the Nazi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jamal. Uh, hey, who's who's the new kid? That's uh, just Jamal the Nazi. Don't talk to him. <laughs> okay, uh, Hitler appointed him as. Mi- Minister of Economics, and in the following year, I don't know what this word is, for war economy in charge of preparing the economy for war. Reconstruction and rearmament were financed through MEFO bills, which you bought, printing money and seizing the assets of people arrested as enemies of the state, including Jews. So they were like, how can we finance finance this war? What if we just arrested people and stole all their money? Unemployment fell from 6 million in 1932 to 1 million in 1936. Hitler oversaw one of the largest infrastructure improvement campaigns in German history, leading to the construction of dams, autobahns, railroads, and other civil works. Hey, Kyle, here's a thought. How about we stop talking about the good things I know, that Hitler did? This is like <laughs> sounding very pro-Hitler here. He was great for it's infrastructure. It's a very... <laughs> It's a very pro-Hitler Wikipedia article. Yeah, yeah. Unemployment fell from 6 million to 1 million. But let's also mention that he did imprison the Jews and steal all their during the, During these times. During these right. times to, to build up money for the World War. Okay. Uh, the average work week increased. Okay. He was working people real hard during the shift. Uh, to a war economy. By 1939, the average German was working between 47 and 50 hours a week. That's solid. That's a solid work week. That's what I would call a German work week. That's like my that's my usual work week for like production stuff. So I guess I do a Hitler work week whenever I'm in production. <laughs> that's what we're gonna start calling it now. <laughs> yeah, we guys, we got to stop doing these Hitler work weeks. Okay, we can't just be doing 12 hour days, 12 to 14 hour days. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Hitler's government sponsored architecture on an immense scale. Albert Speer, instrumental in implementing Hitler's classist reinterpretation of German culture, was placed in charge of the proposed architectural renovations of Berlin. Despite a threatened multi-nation boycott, Germany hosted the 1936 Olympic Games. 
Typical Hitler. To outdo the Los Angeles games of 1932, Reich Chancellor Adolf Hitler, I don't think we need to give his whole title here, had a new 100,000-seat track and field stadium built, as well as six gymnasiums and many other smaller arenas. The games were the first to be televised. Lenny Reifenstahl was commissioned by the German Olympic Committee to film the games for $7 million in 1936 money? Wow, that is... That's a a hell of a budget. Oh, and it was a lady. Lenny was a lady. Her film, good, uh, so ahead of her time. Wait, Hitler's a feminist? Well, I don't want to give him credit for that in addition to the infrastructure. (laughs) (laughs) But her... (laughs) The the infrastructure, he for sure put in some good work. I mean, well, uh, here's what you can do with a $7 million budget. Her film titled Olympia pioneered many of the techniques now common in filming of sports. It was their Rosebud. It was their... um, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Yeah, Yeah. you can fall asleep to it, but there were some great techniques. I think we should go down to notable achievements. Germany had a prosperous year in the equestrian events. Okay, that's like horse sports there. It doesn't even count. Do they even do horse sports anymore, like right now? Yeah, they still do. Uh, In the Olympics? Yeah, they still do. Do they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, here we go. American Jesse Owens. Do they have a... (laughs) Do they have a horse eating con- contest? You eat the horse. Like if a horse breaks its leg, then that event gets added. Yeah, that event. They, there's like break off events, like mini games. And, Vlad- <laughs> and if Vladimir a horse breaks Putin a leg. is like, why are you at horse eating contest and not cabbage? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like if any one thing goes good with a horse and it's cabbage. What about all this cabbage we have? Yeah, we have it saved from past uh, Olympic years. <laughs> Boiled horse and cabbage. Email me for the recipe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just want like a horse eating contest. I think that would be tight. Like the ho- the horse has to be like alive at in the beginning. Oh no! <laughs> you eat it to death. That would not be yeah. tight. That would be a lot of a lot of name. Are you kidding me? I would kill right now to see that on espn i am so bored dude it's been pitched i'm sure it's been pitched oh my god dude yeah like ukrainian german horse eating contest they canceled <laughs> they canceled the kentucky derby but they've got horse eating contests yeah okay well we made it to jesse Ellis. oh we did yeah this is notable bring achievement. On, bring on the info. Bring on the info. Jesse, 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 Jesse. Except in German. That's what all the Germans were chanting. Oh, that's ah, true. No, they weren't chanting his name. Oh, maybe they did at the end. You think like it was like a Rocky thing? No, where like it, first it yes. was like, I think Drago, yeah. Drago. And then like it turned to like Rocky. Ro- like once it turned everybody, yes. it's like, yeah, it's, it's hard to like we'll get to that. Uh, I think that be really against happened. an underdog. That's awesome. Dude, he, I think he was just undeniable. He was just yeah, undeniable. Yeah. So American, I bet you that's where like Rocky got that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. American Jesse Owens won four gold medals in the sprint and long jump events. His German competitor, Lutz Long, perfect name for a <laughs> long jumper. Lutz. I guess it's Lutz. Lutz. L-U-Z. Yeah. There's no T. Lutz Long. Uh, Lutz. Offered More Owens. More like Lutzer. Yeah. 
Well, he he's, he sounds like one of the good Germans. He offered Owens okay. advice after he almost failed to qualify in the long jump and was post-human... Uh, this word always gets me. Post-humously... Humously? Awarded... Posthumously? Po- yeah, po- posthumously, yeah. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> How did I get that? I did, I'm not even looking at what you're looking at, but the way you said it, you're like post homiously. I'm like, wait, I swear what? I've said that word out loud before, but never right. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I can't even, I can't even fuck with you that much because, like, I know the word, but I can't be a hundred percent and be like, if I were to read it, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's posthumously. Like, I know it, but I just don't know if I know it like word wise. But it's posthumously, you fucking idiot. Posthumously <laughs> awarded. <laughs> anyway, Lutz was offered an award for sportsmanship after he was dead. After what? After Hitler killed him? Nah, after he was dead. I don't know if Hitler killed him. But I, oh God, we can't get to Lutz long. But I know Hitler, some of the German athletes got on his bad side and he like sent them Ooh. to Siberia. Australia? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, oh, here's getting back to your guy, Mac Robinson, brother of Jackie Robinson, won the 200-meter sprint silver medal behind Owens. Yeah, that's so tight. That is tight. And I don't know, did you see that Angelina Jolie movie, Unbreakable? Not Unbreakable. No, I think you are correct. Is it called Um, Unbreakable? I believe so, but no, I, I I haven't seen it. Well, future American war hero, Louis Zamperini ran the 5,000 meter final. Let's go to Jesse Owens and your glory days as a track and field athlete. Yeah. James Cleveland, also known as Jesse Owens, or sorry, James Cleveland Owens, also known as Jesse, was an American track and field athlete and four-time gold medalist in the 1936 Olympics. He achieved international fame at the 1936 Olympics, the first televised Olympics, $7 million budget, in Berlin, Ooh. Germany, by winning four gold medals, 100 meters, 200 meters, long jump, and the 4 by 100 meter relay. He was the first successful athlete at the Games, and as a black man was credited with quote-unquote single-handedly crushing Hitler's myth of Aryan supremacy. Although he, quote, wasn't invited to the White House to shake hands with the president either. Oh, man. Dirty. So fucked up. That is. That is. Who's president during that time? Um, 1936, FDR. Was he president? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Owens, originally known as JC, was the youngest of 10 children. Oh, my God. 10 children. Okay. Okay. He was born in Alabama in 1913. Uh, At the age of nine, he and his family moved to Cleveland, Ohio, for better opportunities as part of the Great Migration when 1.5 million African Americans left the segregated South for the urban and industrial North. This, okay, this is kind of crazy, and I don't know if it's coincidence, but his dad's name was Henry Cleveland Owens. His name was Jesse Cleveland Owens, and they moved to Cleveland, Ohio? Maybe it was already um, predestined. They were already like, you know what? That is interesting, though. That's weird. I think he had a pretty wild high school track and field career too of course i mean one of the best ever owens first came to national attention when he was a student at east technical high school in cleveland 
he equaled the world record in high school. The world Damn. record of 9.4 seconds in the 100-yard dash and long jump 24 feet 9.5 inches at the 1933 National High School Championship in Chicago. Uh, so, yeah, he, he got the world record in high school in the 100-meter dash. And then he went to That's Ohio crazy. State. in high school. Yeah, in high school. That's sick. Owens attended the Ohio State University after his father found employment, which ensured that the family could be supported. Affection- this is a rad-ass nickname. Affectionately known as the Buckeye Bullet. Ooh. Pretty good. Nice, yeah, Buckeye Bullet. And under the coaching of Larry Snyder, Owens won a record eight individual NCAA championships, four each in 1935 and 1936. The record of four gold medals at the NCAA was equaled only by Xavier Carter in 2006, although his many titles also included relay medals. Well, they didn't have to knock Xavier Carter, I mean... Good for him, though. Though Owens enjoyed athletic success, he had to live off campus with other African-American athletes. When he traveled with the team, Owens was restricted to ordering carryout or eating at quote-unquote blacks-only restaurants. Similarly, he had to stay at quote-unquote blacks-only hotels. Owens did not receive a scholarship for his efforts so he continued to work part-time jobs to pay for school. Jeez, they didn't even give him a scholarship? Owens achieved track and field immortality in a span of 45 minutes on May 25, 1935, during the Big Ten meet at Ferry Field in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where he set three world records and tied a fourth in 45 minutes, dude. That's sick. Jason, I feel like I lost you. I know you're trying to get a cool background on Zoom here, but focus. Focus, man. Yeah, I'm trying to get I'm we're, trying to get Jesse in the Jesse back. Jesse Owens here. Just hang with me for ten more minutes. It's gonna be tough, but yeah, I got it. All right, let's get to the Summer Olympics. The big the big thing that he did here. On December fourth, nineteen thirty five, NAACP secretary Walter Francis White. Walter White! Was the NAACP hey. secretary back in 1935. The NAACP secretary was named White. You know, That's like crazy. Breaking Bad. Yeah, no, I got that. Oh, White was trying to dissuade Owens from taking part in the 1936 Summer Olympics in Nazi Germany, arguing that an African-American should not promote a racist regime after what his race had suffered at the hands of white racists in his own country. In the months prior to the game, a movement gained momentum in favor of a boycott. Owens was convinced by the NAACP to declare, quote-unquote, if there are minorities in Germany who are being discriminated against, the United States should withdraw from the 1936 Olympics. Yet he and others eventually took part after Avery Brundridge, president of the American Olympic Committee, branded them quote-unquote, un-American agitators. In 1936, Owens and his United States teammates sailed on the SS Manhattan and arrived in Germany to compete at the Summer Olympics in Berlin. Holy shit, they sailed? They sailed there. Yeah, they prob- it was probably like a two-week voyage. Right. Okay, according to fellow American sprinter James Luval, who won bronze in the 400 meters... Owens arrived at the new Olympic Stadium to a throng of fans, 
many of them young girls yelling, Vote is Jesse. Vote is Jesse. Vote is Jesse. Yes. Oh, like where? Like, why is Jesse? Why is he? Why is he? Oh, he's, he's running behind me. That he is. Okay, just before the competitions, Adi Dazzler visited Owens in the Olympic Village. He was the founder of the Adidas Athletic Shoe Company, and he persuaded Owens to wear Gebruder Dassler <laughs> shoe fabric shoes. This was the first sponsorship for a male African-American athlete. And it came at the hands of a German who probably just wanted to use him. But maybe not. I don't know. I wonder if Adi Dossler made boots for the Nazis or something. That's that's an article for another day. On August 3rd, Owens won the 100-meter dash with a time of 10.3 seconds. Defe- okay, so to give you a sense, 10.3 seconds in the 100-meter dash. We're on metric here. Usain Bolt ran like 9.78 for the world record. On, but this was also on a cinder track with heavy leather Adidas shoes. Uh, he defeated a teammate and college friend by a tenth of a second. On August 4th, he won the long jump with a leap of 26 feet, 5 inches, uh, which was 3 and a quarter inches short of his own world record. He later credited this achievement to the technical advice he received from Lutz Long, the German competitor whom he defeated. What kind of advice did he give him? That's a good question. I'll I'll click on Lutz Long real quick and see if I can. Like see I'm sure it. it has to do something with like you said technical like like so like he probably his told him to jump like start off or probably something, told right? him like, to jump like six inches further back. Wait, what? So much of long jump, it's important to time your steps. So let's say... Oh, for long jumping. That's right, for long jumping. This is specific to long jumping. They yes. mark pieces of tape where they need to start their run. And maybe, well, you try to hit the line, the very line where you jump from. So maybe he sure. needed to... He was like jumping... I don't know. Here, Here's what he said. Speaking to Long's son, Owen said in 1964 that Long went to him and told him to try to jump from a spot several inches behind the takeoff board. Since Owens routinely made distances far greater than the minimum of 7.15 meters required to advance, Long surmised that Owens would be able to advance safely to the next round without risking a foul uh, trying to push for a greater distance. Though Owens later admitted that this was not true, as he and Long never met until after the competition was over. Oh, okay, so this is all myth. On his third qualifying jump, Owens was calm and jumped with at least four inches to spare, easily qualifying for the finals. In the finals competition later that day, the jumpers exceeded the old Olympic record five times. Okay, well, this is Lutz's article. I gotta get back to, to Jesse. On August 9th, Owens won his fourth gold medal in the 4x100-meter sprint relay when head coach Lawson Robertson replaced Jewish-American sprinters Marty Glickman and Sam Strawler with Owens and Ralph Metcalf. How could you not have Owens on that team to start with? Yeah, Jesse, uh, you're, you're our B team. Why don't you just stay, stay back, let us handle it. You're our backup. Well, geez, this guy was just like a good, humble dude. Owens had initially protested the last-minute switch, 
But assistant coach Dean Cromwell said to him, quote unquote, geez, you'll do as you're told. Owen's record-breaking performance of four gold medals was not equaled until Carl Lewis won gold medals in the same events in the 1984 Summer Olympics, boycotted by the Russians in Los Angeles. Okay, let's get to... Wait, Hitler had was subsequently accused of failing to acknowledge Owens, who won gold medals on August 3rd, 4th, and... Hitler accused of what? <laughs> yeah, failing to acknowledge Owens. This guy, the more, you know, the more I hear about him, the less I like about the guy. I'm going to look into this guy. He doesn't seem to have a great reputation so far, other than the infrastructure. Yeah, that infrastructure, I mean, it holds up. Owen's success at the games caused consternation, nailed it, for Hitler, who was using them to show the world a resurgent Nazi Germany. He and other government officials had hoped that German athletes would dominate the games. Sorry, Lutz. Too bad. The only dom around here is this guy. Nazi minister Albert Speer wrote that Hitler, quote-unquote, was highly annoyed by the series of triumphs by the marvelous... I don't... Can I, I... This is a quote. Not my words. Words of a Nazi. Was highly annoyed by the series of triumphs by the marvelous colored American runner Jesse Owens. People whose anecdotes came from... You are a marvelous colored specimen. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> well, it gets worse, I think. People whose... <laughs> he usually does with Hitler. Yeah, Jesus. People whose anecdotes came from the jungle were primitive. Hitler said with a shrug, The physiques were stronger than those of civilized whites and hence should be excluded from future games. Okay, what a sore wow. loser. Yeah, for real. I mean, what a sore loser. He's too, he's basically he's like, yo, he's too good. He, they should have their own Olympics is what he's saying. They should have like a real Olympics for the better athletes. <laughs> yeah, that's basically <laughs> what he's saying, yeah. In Germany, Owens had been allowed to travel with and stay in the same hotels as whites at a time when African-Americans in many parts of the United States had to stay in segregated hotels that accommodated only blacks. When Owens returned to the United States, he was greeted in New York City by Mayor LaGuardia during, uh, during a Manhattan ticker tape parade in his honor along Broadway's Canyon of Heroes, someone handed Owens a paper bag. Owens paid it little mind until the parade concluded. When he opened it up, he found that the bag contained... How much cash do you think it contained, Jason? Give me a number, quick. Oh, I thought it was going to be like anthrax or something. It's but thank cash, God. baby. Cash? Uh, fifth, no, that's a lot for a bag. Ten, 15 grand. Oh, you should have gone with your first guess. 10 grand in oh. cash. Oh, wow. In a paper bag. Just handed it to him. Thanks, Jesse. I mean, that's a thankful nation right there. I mean, yeah. Or New York City. Canyon of Heroes, baby. Owen's wife, Ruth, later said, quote unquote, and he didn't know who was good enough to do a thing like that. And with all the excitement around, he didn't pick it up right away. He didn't pick it up until he got ready to get out of the car. Oh, that bag? Let me, yeah, that's just maybe a lunch or a sandwich. No, it's $10,000. It, so it sounded like it was like a, like narration for like Forrest Gump. Like he just didn't know what to do. He never thought anything of it. 
But boy, gosh darn, like he just happened to check his bag right before he left. And boom, there you have it. Like in, like an accidental. 10,000 shares of Apple stock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd be amazing. After the parade, Owens was not permitted to enter through the main doors of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel and instead forced to travel up the event in a freight elevator to reach the reception honoring him. So they're having a whole banquet to honor him, but he can't yeah, take and he's the, not even allowed the main to entrance. go through the front yeah. door. It's yeah. so ridiculous. President FDR never invited Jesse Owens to the White House following his triumphs at the Olympic Games. Yo, can I be honest? I always knew like FDR was a real piece of shit. Huge, huge. I always great like, with felt infrastructure. It. Great with infrastructure during the depression, yeah. but much, much like Hitler. Much like Hitler. Yeah, he did have Hitler tendencies, infrastructure-wise. Okay, life after Olympics. I know he had a tough life. Okay, he ran a dry cleaning business and worked at a gas station, but he eventually filed for bankruptcy. In 1966, he was successfully prosecuted for tax evasion. Jesus. Yeah, rough, man. At rock bottom, he was aided in beginning his rehabilitation. The government appointed him. Okay, well, this is a little better. The government appointed him as a U.S. goodwill ambassador. Owens traveled the world and spoke to companies such as the Ford Motor Company and stakeholders such as the United States Olympic Committee. All right, bro, we're, hit, we're, we're going on two hours, man. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, let's wrap it up, man. Owens was a pack-a-day cigarette smoker for 35 years starting at age 32, beginning Damn. in December 1979. That's a late start. That is a late start, yeah. Yeah. Beginning in December, nine, I mean, I'm guessing track kept him away from cigarettes for true a bit. That's why I did sports. Kept me away from drugs and alcohol, bro. Sports, it's sports, very sports. helpful. Puts your mind yeah. on something else. Beginning in right. December 1979, he was hospitalized on and off with an extremely aggressive and drug-resistant type of lung cancer. He died of the disease at age 66 in Tucson, Arizona on March 31st, 1980, the year of the Moscow Olympics. Dragons? Oh. <laughs> with his wife and other family members at his bedside. He was buried at Oakwood Cemetery in Chicago. Although Jimmy Carter had ignored Owens' request to cancel the Olympic boycott, the president issued a tribute to Owens after he died. Quote, unquote, Perhaps no athlete has better symbolized the human struggle against tyranny, poverty, and racial bigotry. There we go. And that's Jesse Owens. Big ups. Big ups for Jesse, Mon. Big ups. We went from Y2K... To Jesse Owens. Well, good. This is good. I learned I learned something, man. Oh, that's helpful. I did, too. Yeah. I learned that Hitler was solid at infrastructure. <laughs> no, no. Oh, we didn't. Wait, what? No? We, yeah, we only covered the first three years of his regime. <laughs> <laughs> what happened later? No, I'm good with the first three. It was just, I don't want to. Yeah. You kind of, like, know the rest of All right, we did it. Y2K to Jesse Owens. I hope you guys learned something. I did. I learned that we're probably all going to die from a comet explosion within the next hundred years and that West Berlin was an island in the Pacific. If you could take a minute to rate and review the podcast, we would appreciate it so much. It's super easy. Just hit that five-star button. Music for the show today was Solid Gold Blues by Davey and the Chains, and you can check them out on Spotify. 
Also on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts is Jason's other podcast, Good Stuff with Jason Nunez, and my podcast, The Design of Everything with me, Kyle Berseth. Finally, if you have a topic you think we should cover, send us an email at wikiupod at gmail.com. Thanks. Bye.